hates it when their wives, partners move furniture in the house without letting you know. Anybody? Who, who, who copes well with a change of plans? I don't cope well with a change of plans. If I think I'm going to do something and in the last minute Mel changes it, I have to go into my own space for a little while because I'd reserved in my head that that's what we were going to do. Is that normal or am I unusual? I don't think any of you should answer that right now. It's just probably safer. It's wonderful to have Jess in the house after like almost a year of gallivanting and what, eight months? Is it seven? Something like that? Yeah. Well, welcome. Welcome back. When did you arrive back? Was it last week? Thursday. Jet lag still? Yep. It's really good to see you. And Ben, lovely to see you. Thanks for filling in on the drums. That's really cool. Uh, we often say that once a part of the house, once a part of the family is always a part of the family. That's what we believe here at Mount Clear. Um, I figure I'd take that from um, some of my Italian upbringing that if I want to go home for lunch, I can go home for lunch at any time. I don't need to tell my mum and she's always prepared to receive me. Thank God for that. So in the same vein, our house is the same. And so it's lovely that you could fill in for us when we were without a drummer today. So that's cool. My son lost his final, I just found out, Sal. They lost by 10 points. They should have won. That's out in straight sets. He's going to be miserable. I may stay here at the church longer today. (laughs) Anyway, we should pray and uh, get into the word. Thank you for those that have been praying for Mel. She is, the flu has got her. Um, It's obviously the man flu uh, because... Otherwise, she'd be up and around if it was a normal female flu. And every man knows what I'm talking about, correct? Yeah, yeah. And all the women are saying, why do you keep digging that hole? Anyway, so she is um, and was bedridden yesterday and was today. So thank you for your prayers. Anyway, let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for another wonderful Sunday. Lord, thank you that the sun's out. Thank you that it's shining. Thank you that we have breath. Thank you that we have life. Father, thank you that we can see greenness in the grass at last as it grows. Thank you, Lord, that as we come into this time of year, it just gives us an extra, I guess, spring in our step. And so, Lord, as we come together today as family, may you speak to us. Lord, may you challenge us. Lord, may you love us. May you impart to us. Uh, Father, may you speak through the words that I've written, Lord God. Uh, May they be a a special gift, not only to me, but to those that hear. May today be a wonderful day, we pray. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. I will not mention that the Bulldogs have to win today to make the finals, and if they do, they'll win the grand. But I will not go there just yet. I won't get ahead of myself. For those that don't like football, I apologise, but if we do win today, it's going to be very football-centric for the next couple of weeks. <laughs> Everyone remembers a few years ago and says, "Oh, not again, not again." Anyway, um, last week we talked about, and I was looking at the thought um, in continuing in the relation to, of our identity that we are meant to be uh, children that bear witness of the kingdom. Yeah, if if we're disciples of Jesus and Jesus is the King of the kingdom, that what are the characteristics of those of us that are part of that kingdom? You know, how do we bear witness of that? And I want to continue down that road today um, because we need to continue to unpack what it looks like to, to be people that bear witness of the kingdom. Particularly for me, in light of um, Gary coming next week, 
Where Gary goes, he bears witness of the kingdom. He hears from God exceptionally well. Um, for, uh, I'll give you a story because I, I really love this story because I love how God is in the everyday. He really is in the everyday. Uh, the toilet one. Do you remember the toilet one? Yeah, so he, he, was, at a, he was somewhere that was a shopping centre. I think there was a couple of stories. Uh, had to go to the toilet. Was busting, in fact, to go to the toilet. He was told at the toilet, you've got to go down the escalator and that's where it is. And he thought, I'm not going to make it to the toilet. So he actually found staff toilets in the floor that he was on. Went to the door, but it had one of those numbered key locks, you know. And so he stopped there and he's busting. And he, he reckons, he says to the Lord, Lord, if you don't give me this code, I'm going to wet myself here and now. And so he pushes in four numbers and turns the knob, opens the door, walks in. Yeah. Now, I love that story because some of you are thinking that's impossible. No, he, he has stories like that. He was sitting in the car with, most of you know Peter McHugh, um, who, who's a lovely friend of our house and continues to, to mentor me. And he was in the car, I'm pretty sure it was with Peter, or was with someone, and uh, he picked up that person's phone and he just started doing stuff on it. And that person turned around and said, what are you doing? He goes, oh, I'm looking up the, you know, that discussion we're having, I'm Googling it. He goes, how did you get into my phone? It was locked. He goes, oh, I just asked the Lord and I unlocked it. You know, like, true stories, yeah? So the miraculous is real every day. And for you and I, we have the opportunity to bear witness of the kingdom every single day of our lives, yeah? And so that's where I want to go today because I believe we serve a miraculous God. And I think that we need to look to him in every situation. When we're sick, when we're unwell, where there's needs, when there's problems, even when we're at the doctors and we're waiting for a diagnosis or we're f going through what it is that they're, they're asking us to do with medication and treatment, we still need to look to a God who I believe is totally miraculous and who I think gives us the opportunity to live in that miraculous, to live in that, that miracle world. Um, and when I say miracle world, it doesn't have to be the dead raising. You know, it doesn't have to be the lame walking. Yeah, it's just that we can totally be miraculous and experience miracles in our everyday life. It could be healing from a cold. It, it could be one moment you're anxious and the next minute you have peace. They're miracles that could and should happen for us every day. And so that's where I want to go. My fourth, third, but now get back to English. My thought starts with, with this, that I feel as though we have almost dumbed down the word miracle or the word miraculous. We've dumbed it down in part and so elevated it in others, other areas that it feels unreachable, unattainable and not for us. Because in everyday life, we use the word miracle. For those that have got kids, one of your children cleans their room. It's, it's a miracle, yeah? Yeah, if you ask my wife, she would say, "Andrew cooked dinner tonight. That's a miracle." Yeah, because I don't normally do that. Yeah, what about who, who's ever gone to the shopping centre and prayed, and you've got a space out the front of the shop or the cafe that you're going to, and you've just said, "Yeah," because God hears my prayers all the time. It's just a miracle happens for me. I, I just think these everyday things we use. The, the thought and the word miracle or the miraculous and we've dumbed it down so much that when we think of a true miracle it just seems like it's so so far away yeah and i think somewhere in that journey in our 
vocabulary and the way that we use those words, I think we've missed what God has purposed for us, where he's led us, what he's got for us, you know? See, I believe we serve a miraculous God and miracles should be commonplace. That's what I believe. You know, in fact, on Thursday at our prayer meeting, I think it was Ray that was sharing and praying along the lines that we would come into a season where we would see more miracles more often, more regularly, yeah, every day. I'm reasonably certain that they were almost the words that he prayed. That's what we were praying for and that's what we were believing for. What's interesting though is if you look in the dictionary for, you know, and look under the word miraculous, it's got some really unusual meanings. The first was of the nature of a miracle. Okay, I'll go with that. The second was so outstanding as to suggest a miracle. Phenomenal. Yeah. Able to work miracles. And the last one, and I actually think this one's totally wrong, says one version actually says highly probable. A miracle is highly probable. I actually think that's totally wrong because I think it should read totally probable if you know God. Yeah? If you know God, it's totally probable, totally possible, totally yes, amen. Yeah? I found this paragraph on miracles in relation to Christianity while I was writing this sermon. So go with me with, just for this for a minute. Christianity is a faith of the miraculous. Take the miraculous out of our faith and you're left with nothing but a set of ethical instructions that has no power to change your heart. I love that. That's so good. You know, I guess that's so challenging, really, depending on how you look at some of this stuff. Subtract the miracles, it goes on to say, and suddenly Christianity becomes just another religion. Without the miracles, we have no good news to share with the world because... The fact that Jesus rose from the dead is totally a miracle. Amen? Yeah, we'll go with that. It's not normal, commonplace. The Bible is a book of miracles from first to last. Take the miracles away and suddenly the Bible is no longer the word of God. It's just another book. You can no more take miracles out of Christianity than you can take the light from the sun. Yeah? How's that for a thought? Without the light, there is no sun. Without the miracles, there is no Christianity. Man, that is such a powerful and poignant you know, little bit of writing. You know, I don't know about you, but I, I believe in miracles, and I believe that they took place, and I believe that they take place. We have to be, as Christians, we have to believe that they're possible today. Not just in developing nations, not just for those that we watch on television, but for each and every one of us in every part of our day. We, we have to believe that. Yeah? With our tongues, the Bible says we have the power of life and death. We need to speak life into every area of our life. And if we don't believe, yeah, if we don't believe that the miraculous is possible for us, because out of the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks, then we'll never experience that stuff. See, some people believe that miracles were just for Jesus' day. Yeah, it was just for then. There's a whole bunch that, you know, I can never pronounce it right. Sensationists. Cessationists is the right word. Got it. Third time lucky. That just believe, you know, it was then. Miracles happened then. Holy Spirit happened then. And that's where it stopped. It's not for now. Yeah. 
And then you've got others that swing so far of the pendulum that they won't even go to see a doctor because they're always waiting for the miracle, not realising, if you're asking me, from my personal and humble opinion, that God works the miraculous through surgeons and doctors as well. Yeah? You know, I don't want to believe in a Christianity or have a faith that only believes that the miraculous was then. I, I don't want that. I don't know about you, but I'm not comfortable with that because I think the work that Christ does in our heart when we say yes to him in reforming and, and, and changing and making brand new our hearts and helping us to walk in our true identity, that is truly miraculous. Truly, because we were once fallen, yeah, separated from God, but now we're part of the, his family. That's miraculous, isn't it? I reckon that's pretty miraculous. You know, I believe that a, a Christianity that's full of the miraculous is a Christianity that I want to experience and live in. It's a, it's a Christianity that I want to bring Samuel and Nathan and have brought my girls up in. And I think it's a Christianity that we should all want to experience and encounter and live in every single day. I don't want to be part of a dead faith. I really don't. I don't want to be part of a dead faith. You know, the Bible has in it, it depends on how you, you measure it, because if you measure the same miracle twice and all that sort of stuff, and if, you, if two people were healed as one time, does it count as one or doesn't count as two? But in general, there's about 150 miracles, between 130 and 180 miracles in the Bible. Yeah, So let's just fall on 150 about 37 to 40 of those are found in the New Testament alone. Now, I believe that just because the pen stopped writing the Bible, just because we finished at Revelation, doesn't mean that the miraculous stopped, doesn't mean that the miracles have stopped. In fact, the, the Bible says that there were so many more things that Jesus alone did that aren't recorded, yeah? John 21, 25 says, Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that not even the whole world um, would have room for the books that would have been written. You know, it's not bad. Like, what else did he do? Have you ever sat there just while you're having your time with Abba and you're just talking with him? you ever asked, what else did Jesus do? What, what else did he do? We know the first miracle he did, we know that his mum got him to make wine. You know, that's, that's not a bad miracle. I would love to be able to do that at home. Do you imagine? I'm out of Shiraz. Pour a glass from the sink and touch it and it's wine. That would be good. I would save money. I wouldn't waste it. I never finish a glass. I don't have to open one and then it goes off and turns to vinegar. Just perform a miracle. But if he, if he made wine from water, what else did he do? Like what else did he do that's not recorded that would, would just have us thinking, what the heck? I mean, I, I love that thought, you know. Did he get so tired in his dad's workshop with wood that when his dad wasn't looking, he did something? I don't know. Did they need vegetables and they had no food, so he just grew some carrots? What did he do? Like seriously, what did he do? We um, have been sharing lately uh, a lovely miracle that happened for uh, Vicky in our church. So, um, where Vicky, are you here? So oh, there you are. You're on the on the data. So, uh, Vicky has what they call a leaky kidney. Means that the pro, all the good stuff comes out when she 
urinates, I guess, just to paint a picture. <laughs> That's like a great picture, Andrew. Now, <laughs> it's like Vicky's saying, no more, no more, stop. Anyway, what they measured was she was losing about 46, 47% of all the good things, yeah? The average person, you and I, lose 3 or 4%, yeah? So they call it a leaky kidney. It's not doing what it's supposed to do and it's passing through when it's not supposed to. So she goes for the doctor for that test that comes back, leaky kidney, 47%, yeah? So we've been praying. The church has been praying. We've been praying here. Yeah, she goes back to the doctor's second trip, just this week gone, yeah? And they do a test and the doctor looks at the test and it says 0%. Not 2 3 4% like you and I, 0%, right? Now, the doctor goes, wow, that's so good. I must have done something right, right? That's his words. He goes, I must have done something right with the medication that I've given you. What I love about Vicky and her faith, she goes, oh, no, that was, she calls Abba, Papa, she calls him Papa. She goes, oh, no, Papa did it. He goes, oh, no, I don't believe that. And she's like, oh, no, he did. He did, totally, he did. Like, that's a miracle, yeah? Shouldn't we give God a clap for that at least? Like, Vicky's there, go and ask her. Man, that's in our house. That's awesome. Like, man, she's such a healing hog. Seriously. Some people, we get prayer and we can't even get rid of a snotty nose. She has all sorts of stuff. If you speak to her about her husband, Ray, Ray's got all these other ailments and like he just goes, well, you know, blessed are those that, that haven't seen but still believe, you know. I'm just going to keep walking with faith. God's doing something in me. Yet Vicky gets sick, she get, you know, gets prayer healed. Like, I guess what? God healed me of this. I guess what? God healed me of that. I love it. Because we live in an age where we can, yeah, walk and talk and live and experience and encounter the miraculous every single day if we are to bear witness of the kingdom. Because bearing witness of the kingdom isn't just coming to church on a Sunday. It's not going to a Bible study. It's not any of that. It's not even just sharing your faith. It's actually bearing witness of the kingdom of God. What does the kingdom look like? What does it sound like? What does it feel like? What are people receiving from me when I meet with them and they meet with me? Am I bearing witness of that kingdom? Now, if we're to be honest... How many would love a miracle? Yeah, come on. Like, all of us would love a miracle. I can't imagine anyone saying no. I know some of you are shy. I'll put my hand up. But all of us want a miracle. There's not a single one of us here that wouldn't like God to do something miraculous in our life. Yeah? It could be financial. It could be in, in, in relation to a relationship. It could be in relation to an ailment, a sickness. It could be in relation to thoughts, anything. But I'd say everybody wants a miracle from God. Now, I believe that we actually have a God that believes in miracles and wants to give his children what he knows that we need, yeah? I just believe that. Totally believe that. You know, there's one thing that's so common in the Bible when you... Sorry, I'm just getting some water. Um, when you look at miracles, there's something in common with, that all miracles have. And it's not faith. Because faith, some people don't have faith and yet they still receive a miracle. And it could be prayer. 
but it's not prayer because there are some that have received the miracle and have never prayed for it. There might have been somebody else praying, but they themselves weren't certainly praying for it. So it wasn't their prayer that brought the miracle. You know, they're good things. You've got to have faith. You've got to believe in the miraculous. You've got to be able to pray for it with a real belief. You know, we're learning um, at our friendship group, we're doing the joy of intercession. And we're just learning that when we pray and when we intercede, we need to come from a place not of defense, but of offense. You know, our prayers are actually an attack on something. You know, and there's some wonderful passages of scriptures that we've been looking at. So prayer is a good thing, but it's more than that. Every miracle starts with an issue. Every miracle starts with a problem. Every miracle starts with a need, doesn't it? I mean, if you don't have a need, if you don't have a problem, if you don't have an issue, then you really don't need a miracle, do you? Everything's good. You don't need a miracle in your finances if your finances are okay. You know, it's not to say that you can't get one, but generally speaking, if you have a look and you read through the Word... Every miracle had a problem, had an issue, had a need. And so there was a miracle. I love that thought because I think that makes all of us um, and puts all of us in line for a miracle. You know, who, who has, even the smallest, who's got an issue in their life right now? A problem, something that they're dealing with. Anything? Come on. Like seriously, it could be work, it could be a relationship at work, it could be something with one of our kids, it could be something at home. I think all of us have got something that we could say, actually, yeah, I have a need, I have a crisis, I have a problem, I have something that a miracle there would be really good, you know? We all have something. And the beauty of that is that if we're actually people who are going to bear witness of the kingdom and we all have these issues or things in our lives that, that would be lovely, you know, we might be like Ray and just needing to walk through things at times, but it means that we're actually now in line for a miracle. But do we believe that? You know, We don't come to God for that, but do we believe that he can do that? You know, The conference that I was at last week, on the, uh, I think it was the Friday evening, they had a particular gentleman by the name of James Maloney praying. And by the time he'd finished speaking, it was after nine o'clock. But then for the next hour and a half, two hours, all he did was prayed for people that had needs. Yeah. And he has a wonderful healing gift. So there was miracle after miracle. Some were just really small things. Some were, were large things. But it wasn't because he was anything special. It was just because he was prepared to bear witness of the kingdom. He was prepared to put himself out there and to pray for people. It's what he's been doing his whole life, you know. It means that um, if we're really hurting, if we really have problems, if we've got mindsets and thoughts that we're grappling with, it just means that we're in line to get a miracle from God. And I reckon that's enough to give us hope for the next day. Yeah, doesn't the Bible say there's enough worry yeah, in today? Don't even think about tomorrow. You know, it's enough to, so if we can have a hope, something to hold on to, I mean, that's enough to get us through this day. We don't have to worry about tomorrow. Just got to worry about today. And if we believe in a miraculous God, then I can believe he can touch me in that place today to bring peace today. You know, I, I couldn't help, and I wrote down a couple of things, examples, I guess, just basic things for Mel and I over the years, you know. When Mel and I were struggling to have kids when we first got married, that was really hard for Mel. 
But what that meant was we were in line for a miracle because we tried, no, we tried, no, we tried miscarriage, we tried miscarriage. It means that we need God to intervene and God intervened. We were in line for a miracle. You know, for the, for the, the husband and wives here, how many know that sometimes in your relationship when things aren't good, <laughs> first, that's not good, <laughs> and two, that generally means that you're in line for God to do something. Yeah, And I meet people all the time in this church, other churches. Mel and I are, are an example, even as we continue to work through things, that God comes in and does what no one else can do. He performs a miracle. You know, when Mel's dad was dying of cancer but didn't know Jesus, now it doesn't always end up this way. But who knows that for us Christians, someone who doesn't know the Lord, that's a problem. Yeah? Because we believe in an eternity with God or an eternity without God. Whether you want to call it hell, whether you think it's fire and brimstone, I figure an eternity separated from him is hellish enough anyway, yeah? So for people that we know that don't know the Lord, that's a problem. That's an issue. And now Mel's dad's dying with cancer. Who knows that puts him in line for a miracle? Phil got his miracle. Praise God for that, yeah? I often think about things like, I know we've got all of God, all of him, but I want to encounter more. I want to experience more. That's why we pray prayers like the prayer of Jabez about moving the tent pegs of our heart so that we can actually encounter more, you know, understand more, uh, become more sensitive to him. I think when we have a need like that, that puts us in line for a miracle where we will encounter him more, we'll experience him more. We may even feel him more. He may fill us more. Maybe there's areas of our life that we haven't allowed him to work through yet. And as he deals with that, yeah, the Holy Spirit comes and makes his abode in those places too. That puts us in line for a miracle. The hardest thing about any of this, thinking, if we're going to bear witness of the kingdom, is when we're going through stuff, it can be really tough. When you're going through tough stuff, it's just really tough because it, you don't know where the end is. But somehow in our faith, and I guess there needs to be a tangible wrestle, that we still hold on to our faith even in the midst of our struggle. We're still holding on to the belief that God can do something here even though it feels like the tunnel that we're walking through is dark and it's never ending and it seems like there's no light. Somewhere there needs to be an internal struggle that says, man, I'm going to hold on to my faith anyway because I believe in a miraculous God. I'm just going to keep walking towards him. You know, I'm going to keep walking through, trudging through because I know, I know, I know, I know, I know that he can do a miracle. Amen? There's an unknown quote that says, and I've shared this once before, but it's your problem is not your problem. Even though you think the problem is the problem, it's not the problem. The real problem is the problem that you think is the problem isn't the problem at all, but rather that you think it's a problem. So I'll read that again for you, right? Your problem is not your problem. Even though you think the problem is the problem, it's not the problem. The real problem is the problem that you think is the problem isn't the problem at all, but rather that you think it's a problem. Yeah? Yeah? And if you think about the problem or the issues or the things that are happening in our life, if we know that we have a God who has an answer for those things, then it can no longer be a problem, can it? 
Think of the fig tree that we talked about two weeks, two weeks ago. Yeah? We can be exactly like the fig tree and lose sight of where we've been planted and who's planted us where we're at because our focus, rather than being on where the source of our nutrients are so that we can produce fruit, we can get caught up in looking at our circumstance, looking at the fact that, we, that we're planted amongst a vineyard and, and grapes rather than with other fig trees, looking at the conditions that we're in, yeah? Missing the point of where we're actually at and focusing totally on what's wrong, yeah? And when, we, when our focus is on the wrong place, we can miss our miracle. In fact, when our focus is on the wrong place, we can miss the miracle giver and the miracle bringer. You know, Luke 19, 41 to 44 reads, As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, If you, even you, had only known on this day what, you, uh, what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within their walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognise the time of God's coming to you. If you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace. Back then, Jesus as he was entering the city, was walking up onto a hill and looked down onto the city. And the scripture says that he wept. He wept as he looked down into the city. He wept because they were missing what he was. They were missing what was coming. Yeah? They were missing what was in their midst. And for you and I, when we're not focused on the, our one true living God, if we're not focused on Jesus, if we're focused just on our lives and what's happening around us, the problems, the issues, the stuff that we face, we actually miss the miracle bringer, the miracle giver. We actually miss on that day what would bring us peace in our problems. We miss on that day what would actually give us hope to enter tomorrow. He's a whole people who missed it and Jesus was there. We now have Jesus living in our hearts and yet we have the same propensity to totally miss what's going on because we're so focused with our problems. Yet we believe that he's God. Yet we believe that he rose from the dead. Yet we believe that we're part of the kingdom. But somehow in amongst all of that truth, we, we seem to get lost in the stuff that we're going through and we miss the miracle that could happen because our eyes aren't focused on him. See, if we focus on the wrong thing, the problem, the issue that's not really a problem, <laughs> we can totally miss what Papa wants to do in our lives and through our lives. Because you and I are meant to bear witness of the kingdom. How many Christians across the globe have missed the opportunity at the moment to bear witness of the kingdom that they believe in because they are just so focused on everything else, their problem rather than the, the problem solver, the miracle giver. You know, Romans 8, 11 says, And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. So think about it. How much power was needed to raise Jesus from the dead? How much power was needed? I figure it's a lot of power. 
I figure that it's more power than what even our solar panels can generate on a sunny day. I figure it's a lot of power. Yet this is telling us that that power lives in us. Yeah. So when we're going through stuff in our mortal bodies, in our everyday lives, when we're going through stuff in our marriages, with our finances, any sort of problems that we might have, the reality is that God wants to step in and gives us the ability, yeah, and the power to see the miraculous in our marriages, in our finances, in our workplaces, in our stuff, in our problems. Man, that's exciting. I really think that's exciting. So remember, if you have a problem, then you're in line for a miracle. Yeah? And as much as some of you are sheepish, <laughs> most of us have an issue, something that we would love God to do. So that means it's almost like in putting your hand up and saying, God, I've got this problem, it's almost like we're saying, oh, over here, thanks. Send the miracle over here. If you could touch me right here, that'd be awesome. Thank you. But if you don't believe that, <laughs> it's really hard. The truth is there's a world out there that is waiting, 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 waiting patiently, waiting and watching to see how we deal with our stuff. How we respond. Will we have faith? Won't we have faith? And then as they're waiting and watching, watching how we walk through with all of the things that we have to contend with, when a miracle comes, they're still watching. They're still waiting. Now they're seeing something. They've seen someone walk in total grace and patience, believing in their God. And now they've seen this God that we suggest is alive do a miracle. Imagine when you're the bringer of the miracle because you're the one who's laid hands, who's prayed a blessing. Or you're the one who stepped out in faith and believed for it, yeah? Philippians 3, verses 10 to 12 says, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death. I know that most people take that line out. So that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection of the dead. What I really appreciate about this, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. This is not just a Sunday church experience. Yeah? It's not just a Sunday morning at Mount Clear. It's not a Sunday night at Planet Shakers. You know, it's not a Sunday in any church in any country across the globe. It is an everyday walk-by-faith experience where his power flows through us, where our cup overflows, where we bear witness of his kingdom, where we truly are his disciples, Jesus' disciples, the one who is the king of the kingdom. You know, I don't think God came to save us just so that at the end we could say we made it to heaven. We have a relationship with him. Woohoo! We didn't go to hell. I don't think it was just about that. Certainly, the reason he saved us was for relationship. But now he wants us to walk in that. He wants us to talk in that. He wants us to act in that. He wants us to love in that. He wants us to pray in that. He wants us in action in that, in that relationship. So that when we get to that, the end, yeah, and we've run our race, you know, we could say, you know, we serve the miraculous God. And we lived a miraculous life. And we experienced miracles in our defeats and in our victories. Yeah? Imagine that. Imagine on your tombstone. I serve a miraculous God. Miracle scene 27. 
you know, <laughs> something like that on, on a Christian's tombstone. That would be awesome. Imagine the questions as people are walking past that tombstone. Miracle scene, 27. And then we could have a little, you know, a little track that they could pick up and walk away with. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Or we could step over the chicken line and, <laughs> and on our tombstone have, please feel free to step in the square behind the tombstone and let us know if you feel the presence of God. I wonder how many would have the courage to do that. But I'm, I wonder how many would actually encounter a miracle if they were to do that. I'm just you know, putting stuff out there. yeah. As his disciples, we bear witness of the kingdom. You know, John 14, 12 uh, John 14, verse 12 to 14 says that we'll do greater things than he will. And I know last week I joked, let's not even worry about the greater things. Let's just do the things that he did. But I love the first part of that scripture. It says, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me, yeah, whoever believes in me, I, I'd hate to say it, even the most conservative, traditional Never going to raise my hand for God in my life. Pray out loud, Christian. Even they, whoever believes in me, will do the works I have been doing. That means even the loudest Pentecostal who's never seen anything happen in their life, whoever believes in me will do the works that I've been doing. Do we believe it or don't we believe it? Do we want to be a Christian who's alive and believes in the Word of God? Or do we want to be a Christian who believes in some of the Word and it applies for others, but some of that stuff, that's not, that's not really for me. I can't differentiate the words in red. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me, except for the two or three that choose not to, I, like, I, I can't fit anything in that's going to work there, will do the works that I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these. Father is a miracle-working God. He flat out is a miracle-working God. And he wants to do the miraculous in us and through us and for us. Yeah, That's how he works. Because we're to be a witness of the kingdom. And I don't know what happened. I really don't know what happened. But it seems to be that somewhere around the, all over the world, really, that Christianity has lost the sense that we actually are miracle carriers. We carry that stuff. The power that raised him from the dead lives within us. But somewhere, I don't know whether people got hurt in church. And so the church hurt me, so that's all rubbish. Um, I don't know whether it's because some of us have, you know, like, if you're to be honest, all of us have received prayer that seems like it's gone unanswered, yeah? So maybe we've had prayer for serious situations in our life or people in our life and we've not seen an answer to that prayer, but somewhere we've come away with this theology, yeah? That miracles are real, but we just don't expect to see them. Particularly, we don't expect to see them working through us, let alone in us. Oh, yeah, for Vicky, of course. She always gets a miracle. I don't believe it for me, though, you know? It's so easy to create a, a theology that's so deeply rooted like that, yeah? And I think a little bit like the, the children of Israel when Jesus was walking up over the hill looking down to the city, we can, we can miss what's coming. We can miss what brings us peace. You know, I believe that God wants to do something about all our needs, all our problems, all the time. I so believe that. 
And in fact, if you think about it, you know, we should be a people, we, we talked about it at our, at our friendship group, that we should have so many prayers in the fire. Yeah, I know it's not because of prayers, but we should have so many prayers in the fire, not one or two, but I'm talking a myriad of prayers in there, interceding for people, that every once in a while, when one gets answered, it gives us courage to believe for all the others. And then we share that with people to build their faith. But we keep praying and we keep believing and we keep walking and we keep knowing that God's the miraculous God. And when an answer to prayer comes, we pull that out of the fire and we go, oh, another one. That should be our life. Constantly believing that God can do the miraculous in us and through us and for us because we're to bear witness of the kingdom. You know, no prayer that we pray goes unheard. He hears every prayer, even the smallest prayer. Even, even a one-word prayer that just says, help. God hears it. It's not the big prayers that he hears. It's not the small prayers that he hears. He hears all of our prayers, but not just our prayers. He hears the silent conversations of our heart when we share our needs, when we share our struggles, when we share the stuff that we're going through that we need a miracle in, yeah? He hears it all. And I think that he still does it all. He, he's miraculous, Every day for us can be full of miracles. All depends sometimes how you perceive things, yeah? How you look at things. You know, you're running late somewhere and you're frustrated because one of the kids caused you to run late. And then on the way you drive past a big accident. Father, thank you that I was running late. Five or ten minutes earlier I might have been caught up in that. Yeah? How do we perceive things? How do we, how do we look at things? Do we see the miracles in everyday life? Do we see the miracle that when we pray, it mightn't happen straight away because we all hear from God differently, but then we have a thought, we have a notion, we get a picture, we get a word, and we realise, oh, that, oh, that's definitely God. Thank you that I just heard from the creator of the universe that took a moment out of his busy schedule to speak to me. That's a miracle. Man, that is such a miracle. Now I know why in the Old Testament they would build altars and, and stones, stone altars to remind themselves of the wonderful things that God's done. If we could do that every once in a while, it would help us to believe for the next miracle and the next miracle and the next miracle. Why don't we stand? I'm going to finish just with a, a couple of thoughts. But if we're to be, bear witness of the kingdom, how do we do that? How do we get this power? Yeah, Do we have to be like Benny Hinn and Kevin Sheedy that you know, do the jacket swing and hit people with a jacket? Do we have to do that? You know, Do we have to be a Smith Wigglesworth that says, oh, you've got a pain in your stomach. A tumour is it? Just let me punch you there. You know, like, Do we have to do those ridiculous things? What is it that we need to do? That would be so cool to be able to heal something like that. It would. It really would. I don't know if we'd get away with it the way OHS is today, but you know. Back then it was permissible. <laughs> all things are permissible, just not all things are beneficial, I guess. How do we get this power? Well, here it is. There's no formula. <laughs> there is no formula. We've just got to be open to it. Like, you have to be open to it. You have to be hungry for God 
Not for the power, just for him, because with him comes the overflow. Hungry for him. You know, too often people are afraid of the power. They don't want to, they don't want to, you know, they just don't want to stand out in the crowd. Man, I'd love to stand out in the crowd. I'd love to have books written about me and stories where I went to Cafe Ficker. I like the coffee there. And as I walked in, people that were in there just fell to the ground because the glory of God followed me where I walked. Imagine that. Man, that could happen for all of us because it's happened for others. Yeah, I'm not saying that I want to be that person. I'm just saying that's what is inside of us. Imagine if it overflowed so much that you walked into a place like that and as you walk past, someone goes, oh, what was that? Oh, dude, that's just God, you know? Or someone, as you're brushing past at the football in the waiting line and you're brushing through to get the hot dog for your son who wants something else to eat and it's already cost you enough money. And as you're doing that, someone goes, oh, man, what was that? I had this headache, but it's gone. Oh, yeah, that was me, mate. No problem. Thank God. Bye. Keep walking, you know. Imagine if that could be us. I know I'm dressing it up like it's a fairy tale, but it's so real because he's a miraculous God that wants to do miracles in us and for us and through us, yeah? We just have to be open to God's power. Oh, but now we've got to cross the chicken line because if you're open to God's power, then you've got to do what he tells you to do. <laughs> You have to do what he tells you to do. If, if, if it's time for us to be the miracle, if we're going to be a witness of the kingdom, then there are some things that God's going to ask you to do that don't make sense. You know, We talked on, the week, uh, on Thursday about um, Heidi Baker, and she's had all sorts of remarkable, remarkable, like, of, you know that miracle scale? Remarkable miracles, you know? She felt like God said, you need to go to this country, go to the airport, she's got no money. She gets to the airport. She's just obedient. This is ridiculous. This is stupid. What a waste of time. And while she's in line going to buy a ticket with no money, someone comes up and says, Oh, you Heidi Baker, God told me to give you this, the money, so that she could buy the ticket to go. You know, just sometimes we just have to be obedient. And if you think about some of the ridiculous things that have happened in the Bible, now I know why Hosea says that my thoughts, you know, are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. You know, my ways are far from your ways. Because look at some of the miracles, the people that had to be obedient. Imagine if he asked you to heal someone's blind eyes with mud and spit. Oh, that's cool. Not the yellow spit, not the white blood cells that get all the bacteria, just the normal spit. But imagine if God asked you to spit into the dirt and just wipe it in someone's eyes. Imagine if he asked you to do that. Or, hey, stretch out your hand. Can you stretch out your hand, but you don't have one? Yeah? Sometimes you've just got to be obedient to what he's asking you. What about the fishermen? Hey, guys, I know you're tired, but why don't you throw your net on the other side? Oh, no, 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 we can't do that because the tide's going this way and it'll drag the net under the boat and then we'll sink. Just do what God says. Just be obedient. If you want the power, you want to bear witness of the kingdom, sometimes we just have to be obedient to the things that make no sense. What about Moses' rod? What do you have? I've got a stick. Throw it on the ground. Well, that's a stupid idea, God. What's that going to do? Bounce around? Throw it on the ground, Moses. I don't want to. Throw it on the ground. So, all right, there. And then it starts moving like a snake. He just had to be obedient, didn't he? Just had to be obedient. What about the loaves and fishes to feed 5,000? Like there's just one after the other. There's these ridiculous things 
that God will ask you to do. Pick up your bed. Pick up my bed, I can't even walk. Peter, get out of the boat. Lord, I don't know if you can tell, that's water. That's not land. Sometimes we just have to be obedient. We need to be open to his power, but we need to be ready to obey what he says. You know, He's just going to tell us what to do, and our obedience is the key if we want to bear witness of the kingdom. You know, not, we don't have to question it. We just need to do it. And then we just have to be like the fig tree, I guess, and we just have to have faith in God, have faith in the caretaker, have faith that he's going to nourish us, have faith that with everything that he's using in the fertilizer that it's going to help me to produce fruit and I am going to bear fruit and bear witness for the kingdom. Amen. Really, if that's a formula, that's it. Be open to the power, listen to his voice and have faith in him. That's pretty exciting and easy stuff for all of us. What about we all get ready? Yeah, we all get ready to bear witness of the kingdom. What about we all commit, each and every one of us that's here, to stepping over the chicken line somewhere in the next week when God asks us to do something, to pay it forward, to touch someone we know, just to say, hey, I just feel like God said to bless you. Bless you, amen. Just something simple. What about we all commit to doing that and watch the lives of those that are in our sphere of influence change because we're bearing witness of the kingdom. I reckon that'll be pretty cool. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we just thank you that, Lord, you are alive, you are well, and you are good. Thank you that you are a miraculous God. Thank you that not only did you do miracles, but you continue to do miracles, and you will continue to do miracles for the days to come. Thank you that you choose to do the miraculous in us and for us and through us. Thank you that we can be your hands and feet extended. Thank you that as your disciples, Father, we will bear witness of the kingdom. Lord, help any unbelief that we might have and help us to grab hold of the truth, Lord God, of who we are in you. Lord, sons and daughters of the mighty God, a royal priesthood who has the same power inside of us that raised our Saviour and King from the grave. Thank you for that, God, that you would bestow such a blessing and such an honour upon us and amongst us. Lord, may we continue to see the miraculous working in our lives and through our lives that we might see more men and women coming to the knowledge of Jesus. Lord, that we might be people that will bring you glory in all that we do. And everyone who's ready for the power said, Amen. Amen. Let's have a wonderful Sunday in Jesus' name. Amen.